The Antler Archives, brought to you by Cliff Creek Coffee, built for the trail. White Rock Performance Gear, built tough, priced right, ready when you are. Hey everybody, we're back again for another episode of the Antler Archives. Today we'll uh, just kind of have like a campfire talk, just Craig and I bullshitting about hunting. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't actually have a plan of what we're going to talk about tonight. It's kind of just one of those chats on the fly and and catch up and see what's going on out there. Um, I know you met with uh, with Brian here two weeks ago or a week ago, and uh, that's going to be an interesting interesting podcast. I'm interested to see uh, what comes of that one. I mean, by the time you guys hear this one, you'll have heard that one. So you'll have to let us know what you thought of that one before we let our next one go. See, this is what happens when we don't actually have a plan or a rhythm as to what we're going to talk about. It just ends up as me making no sense so hold on yeah, yeah that last one was a good one i had a lot of fun talking to brian on that one uh he definitely he definitely deserved that moose that's for sure for sure all the work he put in for that throughout all the years it's uh definitely a good feeling when everything comes together yeah no kidding yeah it, it takes a long time to uh long a long time with a battle to actually make ends meet and i've had that same issue with deer we talked about that before and um, when when you finally make it work it's like all the stars align oh yeah it's it's crazy like just any it feels so surreal when you're through all the highs and lows through every little piece and then to finally see all the weight lifted off his shoulders when he does walk up to that animal, it's, it was, I felt better than when I shot my big bull, when I found my big bull up. Did, uh, did he cry? I think if I wasn't there, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was definitely one of those ones where, it was a pretty emotional time. He didn't cry, no, but like I said, I'm pretty sure if I wasn't there, he would have. He probably did once you weren't there. Probably. I would. When I, I would. When I went back to get the side by side, and he was, <laughs> and he was sitting there beside his moose, he probably probably did a little bit. Wow, you'd be kind of lying to yourself if you didn't offer a challenge like that. Oh, definitely. I, I know uh, I, I may or may not have cried a little bit, maybe, maybe not cry, but I might've let a tear or two out when I, when I found my arrow after I shot my deer this year. Oh, it's hard not to, especially when like in your situation, you have so much history with that buck. Yeah. And then you put an arrow in it and find your arrow and it's like the closing chapter. hundred percent. It's just like, this is it. This next, next chapter I'm finding the buck and I'm going to lay my hands on him, and then it's over. Yeah. On to a new book. Yeah, it's like I was watching a video today. I don't know. I don't know who it was or what it was, but I watched a video today and it's like all this time we put into this and it's all changed in five seconds. Oh yeah. It's uh it's crazy. It's like when I shot my first bull elk. I worked I think it was 
eight or nine years on getting that on getting my first bull elk and then it finally came came to and it was a it was a pretty emotional time that's for sure yeah especially when i was thinking of the pack out after that (laughs) i've seen the pictures um (laughs) that picture you posted today with the uh with you on the mountainside that's from that pack out was it not yeah it was that was the second day when we all went back in to get the whole bull out shay and i packed out it would have been about a quarter and then lots of the trimming meat the first pack and then we got my brother and a friend to go back in the two days after because we needed a day break in between yeah and uh that was that day we got the whole bull between four of us what was the weather like on that one (laughs) it started out really nice started out uh blue sky I think it was three degrees that morning. Perfect morning for elk hunting. Yeah. And then it was dead calm. And we got ended up after later in the afternoon when we shot the bull. We just finished taking pictures and a little bit of video. And then it started to rain lightly. And it then wasn't, it wasn't meat spoiling temperature though, way. Eh? Oh no, no, no. It yeah. was it was cold that yep. night it dropped like we woke up to well we didn't really sleep but <laughs> when the when the sun came out there was about an extra foot of snow on the ground oh it makes it all better <laughs> yeah right yeah it was uh some something else it was an experience i'll never forget so what do you uh what are you getting up to these days you got any uh any plans for the fall? You're going to get out chase some sheds or is fall? I don't even know. For the spring, you're going to get out chase some sheds or anything? Or what? Oh, yeah. Uh, I got big plans for the spring. So typically last couple of years, Brian and I have been running bear baits. Yeah. But this year, Brian's going to school. And for me to go to where we bait, it's three and a half hours. So that's a long ways to go baiting every weekend. And then yeah. working a seven days on, seven days off schedule, it's it gets tough. The baits end up drying up and you just don't have bears. So we're going to do actually a backpack style bear hunt in the mountains mm-hmm. into where we sheep hunt we're going sheep hunting. So it's gonna kinda gonna kinda scout for sheep a little bit yeah. and then uh, look for some bears. And then I'm going to do some bears, bear hunting locally. Yeah. And then I got a bear camp that I'm actually going to. And then. Uh, like, 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 like a bear camp? Like you're making your own camp or you're going to a guy known for your bear camp? Uh, just a bunch of buddies. We're going to go to a camp. And uh, I guess you can say it's guided without the guide. Yeah. Everything's all set up. There's, I think, eight baits they run. Oh, well. there's a place to there's a cat they got a cabin and then uh you haul up some trailers we all just kind of hang out bear hunt have fun is that is that close to home it is yeah it's i think the drive for me it'll be four hours so it's not okay i don't know if i call that close well 
It's local. Okay. <laughs> local local to Alberta. Okay. Man, I travel all over just for huntings in Alberta, no, I, so I know. That's a close hunt. <laughs> and and where is that? Is that north from you or south? I'm north. trying to picture where your sheep hunt. Oh, for the backcountry hunt. Yeah, yeah. The backcountry hunt is close to home, yeah. So it's about a Oh, I'd want to say half hour, 45 minute truck ride. Then it'll be two hour quad ride. That's not bad. And then however long it takes to get up into the mountains. I haven't, uh, we haven't actually been up in there yet. We just kind of looked at it on the map and thought it'd be a good place. (laughs) So uh, it could be, it'll get interesting. We're going to video the whole thing. So it's, uh, it's time for you to get a couple horses and make it a little easier on you yeah i've been trying to convince my one buddy to come down here with his horses but uh he just he's so stuck on finding sheds in his backyard i don't think i can get him to come down with horses i don't need to when they're right here (laughs) you found a couple good ones tonight eh yeah i did i uh i was actually out um putting the ducks and the chickens away and I looked down the hill and there's a, a shed laying down at the bottom went and picked it up and I'll post up pictures here tomorrow and they uh I went back in the house and I brought my daughter out with me and we went for a little tootle and we found the other one I don't even know I think it's 15 feet probably from where the first one went when it comes down to shed hunt, shed hunt more luck but it worked that's awesome yeah i was i was pretty excited when you sent me that picture oh man i uh if i had any neighbors close by you probably would have heard me and probably would have <laughs> wondered what the hell was going on i scared the crap out of the goats and the horses when i was screaming i can tell you that oh i believe that yeah something yeah. about finding sheds it's just it's something so meaningless to some people just holding up a dropped antler oh 100 but to the people that actually understand it and understand i I remember when i found my first shed uh in alberta and i was on on a piece of land south of south of town here and the farmer heard me from her farmhouse and i was probably a quarter mile away uh, and she came ripping up on the quad because she thought something went went wrong. Uh, and she's like, what happened? What happened? What happened? I was like, look at the antler I just found. She's like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's not just that's it. This is pretty awesome. And from then, I haven't stopped. And I am probably, if anyone's ever going to ask anything about shed hunting, don't ask me because I'm the worst shed hunter in the world. Um I found one last year while I was shed hunting out of 20 hours, at least, uh, at least. And then I found three in one day uh, looking for a blood trail. And then I found two today. So I'm on the board ish, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there, there is something about finding sheds and finding bones, but there's even something more to finding ones with, still fresh blood on the ground and tons of blood left on the bases. So wow. it was, uh, 
And I got, I, I sent you earlier the, the trail cam picture, but I seen that bucket 225 this morning and then the antlers were there this afternoon. So I would assume that uh, somewhere between two and I don't know, probably six was, uh, was when I got the last photos of the does down there. They, uh, somewhere between those four hours, you dropped both. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when I, I remember when I found that, that shed. Yeah. That big bull. And I was hooting and hollering, and my buddy could hear me. He was a couple hundred yards away checking another bench. Yeah. I did the good old pickup video and everything, put everything on my backpack, walked 10 feet, and there's the match side. Laying, that's great. laying times down and I couldn't even I couldn't believe it so you got that one on the wall where'd you put the other one uh it's sitting in the room beside my bear oh yeah yeah my wife wanted to do uh some macrame on that one so had the opportunity to show off the big side so might as well right is one yeah. bigger than the other like substantially it, bigger it is yeah that's noticeably bigger I can't remember what the official measurements were antler to antler, but when you hold them side to side, yeah, you can tell they're bigger. Really? I put a, I put a rough uh, width on that bull, the same as my bull I shot that year, and it was 40 inches, which is average, I'd say, sure. and it rough scored at 364. Yeah. So uh, it's a de- that's a decent bull for Alberta, I guess. Yeah, it's not bad, eh? <laughs> I uh, got him on my camera all summer, that summer. And I got close to him that fall in archery season, and he had so many cows around that a cow ended up being like five feet away and busting. Oh, no. And that was the last time I seen him. Yeah. I know he's still alive. Yeah. There's a guy that seen him last year that I know of, and he missed him. So I know he's he must, still around. He must be a giant. Well, I got pictures of him. The last picture I got of him was mid-July 2020, and if he didn't go 380, he was he was nothing. Crazy. Did you get did you get any pictures of him this year? No, I didn't. I actually, to be honest, I had so many issues with SD cards getting mm. stolen out of my cameras and cameras getting turned around on trees. I quit putting cameras in that area. Really? Yeah. I, well, I have one camera in a hidden pond that I know nobody goes into because... It was very hard to find. Yeah. And it's still up there. I'll go back there when the snow's gone. Yeah. And uh, if well, he's you on. You've got a lot of snow right now, too, don't you? Oh, yeah, we do. I can't get anywhere right now. Like, I, there's a lot. It's melted a lot with this hot weather, but it's thick now. Yeah. yeah. I can't get well, into anywhere we, where I want to go. We were, out, uh, we were out coyote hunting on Saturday. And out of the i think we called i think we called six or seven stands and we saw one coyote all day long 
uh, and we shot it. But the snow is so deep. Like we first seen that coyote um, 25 minutes before we shot it. And it took it 25 minutes to cross a lake. Uh, and I got pictures of it running across the lake. They're not good pictures because he was ways out, but I got pictures of him coming through and watching him through the binos. He was bouncing and then almost disappearing in the snow on the, uh, on the ice. And then he hit the trail and it took him, it took him about 10 minutes to get across the lake. It's not a very big lake. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. And then another 15 minutes to close maybe 800 yards. And he was on a quad trail. And he was like full speed ahead. That's crazy. So, yeah. Did many people get dogs that weekend or? Um, there was four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven coyotes all, all day between 20 guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We do, uh, we do an annual coyote tournament. It's, it's pretty much just a group of buddies that have been doing it for, uh, this is the sixth year we've done, seventh year we've done it. Uh, it went from uh, close to 80 people. Now we're down to, to 20 and it's just been like a, a, a slow die off every other year. Um, but yeah, it's, I think because of the snow and they're super hungry, but they don't want to travel far because they're using so much energy to get where they need to go. Like we were sitting in places calling for 30, 40 minutes and in places where the coyote population is massive and nothing like there are the only way to get a coyote to move is if you take your quad or your sled and you plow a trail for them and then they'll run that trail nonstop wow. and they won't go off it so i guess next year we'll have to uh get everybody down for the coyote tournament yeah make it big again the comeback it would it would be nice like we we ran into some um how do i word this properly um some negative feedback from it on a very public level i don't Uh, think you can escape that though well you can and you get like it was it was bad um and since then it 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 died off like we had 70 some guys that year uh, and it was chaos and it's 20 guys is enough because most of the guys like we, if you're in Alberta, you can hunt. Um, you can jump in and some guys are driving four hours just to come to the tournament, but if they don't shoot nothing, they're not coming. So I think, I think there was eight guys or 10 guys or something that showed up to, to the check-in that night and everybody just went home. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're dealing with some pretty windy conditions too, though, and hot. Uh, it wasn't the, well, the wind was bad in the morning. Um, it was gusting in the 40 kilometer range. So whatever that is in miles. Um, but yeah, it was warm. Like it was 11 degrees Celsius by two o'clock in the afternoon. It dipped down, uh, kind of later in, in the day, like around four o'clock. It was, it was cool, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't minus 30 that we're used to. Like every year that we were, we're shooting coyotes this, that weekend, um, it's been minus 30, minus 40, minus 25. I think it was the warmest day we've had until this year. So crazy. And, and we've gone from, uh, I think 49 coyotes in one day was, was the best we, we did to 11. So, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a big drop. 
Oh, huge. And it's, it has nothing to do with coyote population because there is here. Like I got uh, a camera just behind the house uh, and I got a video of nine different coyotes on it in one, one video segment. So they're here, but yeah. the snow is so deep and unless they got a, a path to travel, they're not coming. Oh, exactly. Hey, at least you've seen some. I haven't even seen a coyote yet this winter. That's because you live in no man's land where coyotes can't survive. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's okay though. You can you can keep them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got we got bigger issues to deal with up here. Yeah, you got lots of wolves there. Yeah, and kitty cats, wolves, wolves and cats, and everything else that'll chase everything out. I'm surprised you have the deer population you have with the uh, with the cat and wolf population. Because where they're, you're at, like, you're four hours north, five hours north of me, right? Yeah. Yeah, they they come in good pockets and they move lots. Yeah. We definitely noticed that. Uh, there's an area I used to hunt and the deer were in there like crazy. And then the, you could notice the cats start moving in and then yeah. you can go in there now. You don't even see a deer. Really? Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. I could walk that area and see probably... Oh, 15 to 20 mule deer, no problem. And now you could walk it, and if you see three, you're lucky. Really? It's insane. And I know it's – it. Like, don't get me wrong. There's been a few that's been shot out of there in the years. Every year there's a couple that get shot out of there, but the cats moved in, and it's big downhill. Yeah. It's a tough area to get into. So, uh, do you know? Do you notice that? Um, well, cats are pretty pretty territorial. Like they they run in a in a ten to twelve mile radius. But do you notice that if if the cats are at point A for let's say two months, do you notice the deer patterns shift as the cats shift? Oh, definitely. Or do the deer just disappear? I notice they shift definitely. Uh, You'll have them in one area, and when the cats start coming around and you see their tracks more, you can you can hike a few kilometers away, and you'll start finding the deer again. And they'll just kind of move in a circle, from what I've noticed anyways. Yeah. They'll just keep trying to stay ahead of the cats. It's, it's like the cats are always a mile behind them or two miles behind them, which in reality, like, let's be honest, that's not very far. No, it's not at all for an animal. No. Because a, a cat will do a mile in while well, they run 40, 50 clicks an hour, right? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, mile wise, they can catch deer pretty quick. Yeah. They're one of those animals that uh, when you come face to face with one, it feels like it's staring straight through you. Like yeah. it's making you feel like you're nobody. I, uh, I ran into a big cat the one year, and that was the first time in my life that I froze. And I'm like, yeah, and, and froze like you weren't sure if you're going to cry or shit your pants. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and it felt it felt like a minute that we were yeah. staring face to face, but it was just a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up taking off. Probably didn't go that far. No. I got a quick picture in my hand beside its paw print, and I got the heck out of there. I think, yeah. I, got, I, think I got about 500 yards away, and I 
literally ran down the mountain. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the wisest thing to do. Well, maybe not the running part, but yeah, getting out of there quick. <laughs> Again, that's why you need horses. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure uh I'm sure Larissa would be game for that, getting horses. Yeah. Time time Just, to move out of town. Yeah, but I mean the elk. They're right in my backyard. <laughs> we can't get acreages here. Closest place I can get acreages, I gotta move two hours away. Well, I know a couple good ones down here. I mean, you'll have to find a new job, but hey man, I can buy we can get a barn. Yes, you can. And I mean you could just move up here. I got a job for you if you need it. <laughs> yeah, I would if I would if I could. <clears throat> what if I could? There's no elk here. But then yeah. again, your uh your deer are a little too small for me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you think... can go from one one forties, one fifties being big to your uh one eighty last year. Yeah. There's a um I wanna say there was two or three two hundred inch whitetail shot around here this year. I believe that. And it's it's mind blowing. Like some of the deer that I saw photos of, I seen videos of, like I thought my deer was it's a it's a respectable deer. Like it, it's a good deer, and I will never not be happy with that deer. But I look at some of these other deer and it's like mine fit inside them, and mine isn't small, like 177 inch deer. And it's like putting a pickle in a pickle jar. Oh man, your deer's a giant. Like <laughs> I would shoot, I would I'd be tickled pink if I shot that thing. <laughs> I was but I actually you know I was I was pretty uh kind of blown away almost at at the size of those sheds I found tonight. Like oh again, I'll post a picture of the deer, but I only got one picture of him. Um but he's not big. Like he's he's not wide. He might might be 120, 130, but the bases on him are like almost a pop can. Mm. He's all base and no mass. Like he he only goes out just past his ears. He's got a little three-inch dropper, but he doesn't wrap around. His tines aren't very big, but his bases are thick. How old do you think he is? Maybe three. Uh, like at best wow yeah and there is there's four different bucks on on my camera right now just behind the house and like this this one i've never seen before um and i'm i'm checking my card every other day uh and the three regulars that are here are, they're dinky well you've seen pictures of them they're they're dinky little guys and then this guy came out of the woodwork and it's like his body is massive his bases are massive and that's it. Yeah. It's like, where have you been hiding? <laughs> yeah. Every, everything else is spindly. Like the other three guys are really tiny, really tight, uh, short, short tines. Uh, and this guy is, well, he's one, two, three, probably a five and a half, six inch base. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how you can just have your, usual deer show up on camera all the time then out of nowhere just random buck shows up and he's nice when it's like whoa where the heck did you come from 
Yeah, and not only is he random, he decides to drop his sheds on my front lawn. You can't get any better than that, really. <laughs> no, no. Well, you can, but I mean, as a young buck, you can't get any better. No. Well, when, he's I, like, was, when he's like five and a half, then you'll put an arrow through him and be better. Yeah, well, I know where he lives now, so. <laughs> Me got, too. Uh, they got they got quite the trail coming from my house into the the thick stuff behind it, so it's definitely going to be a spot for me to uh, pretend like I know how to shed hunt here in a couple weeks. Perfect. Well, it's <laughs> that's another weird thing. Like the talking about sheds, like you look at at this guy, he just dropped his sheds today, uh, and I know guys that were picking up sheds on Christmas Eve. Oh yeah, yeah. well when I was going out of town that day and i texted you right away and i said i just seen a buck with both antlers shed yeah and that was what just mid-december yeah like december 15th or something like that yeah i couldn't believe it i i came to a dead stop on the highway and yeah. looked at him and you could see right where his bases were yeah yeah it's it's strange and i i've heard a lot of hums and haws and maybe somebody can can pipe in here as, as time goes on. Maybe we can get a shed expert on here or something, somebody who knows more than you and I. Um, but a lot of guys are saying it's because of the weather and lack of nutrition, lack of food and too much snow, it's too cold. I, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. But like guys up in your neck of the woods, I talked to one guy yesterday and he said 80% of his, his bucks have shed already. Right, and exactly. Every, every buck I have here, is still holding until today but like here like it's so hard to get out like guys can't get out right now because you can't get anywhere yeah unless unless you have a sled yeah like i remember when i used to have a sled i'd go check out in meadows where moose used to hang out and i'd find moose sheds all the time in january yeah but like now you wouldn't be able to get anywhere with a sled i tried to go out the other day and i didn't even unload the quad really yeah i went i drove Is that because where I, it wouldn't start uh that was the first time oh second time was uh too much snow okay i walked off the trail and it was up to my knees right i just really didn't feel like digging my quad out all day so yeah yeah first time yeah it was uh, a little too cold quad too cold Boo-hoo. Come on, man. Hey, I wanted to go. The quad didn't. No. That's yeah. when you got to strap on some snowshoes and just let her buck. Yeah, you know. You got you to test out. If you need, if you want it bad enough, you got to test out the four-wheel drive. It's just like when you're wearing Crocs. You flip you flip the little handle around and you got four-wheel drive all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, you know that. I'm just not quite up there in age to experience that yet. Oh. Okay. I'm glad we're already on an age topic. That's cool. That makes me feel really good. <laughs> I'll let you know when I get there. Okay. That's fair. I'll know. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure my wife went to bed now, but she'd be giving me the stink eye because she loves her Crocs. There is not a thing wrong with them. They're God's greatest gift. My wife hates them too. <laughs> There's not... There's not a thing wrong with them, but there's a million things not right either. Pick your battles, buddy. 
I'll pick my battles. I'll battle the big mountains. Okay. Make sure but, you buy a pair of Crocs across creeks. No. <laughs> no one's going barefoot. No, I take running shoes. That makes sense to cross a creek and fabric. Yeah. I just not a fan of Crocs, man. That's fair. To each their own. I will yeah. uh I will I got, keep my four-wheel drive. I got some light, really light running shoes that I take and they dry out pretty good. So yeah. Good. That and they're nice. That. They're nice for glassing too. Yeah, because they're lightweight. You can move around really easy. Yeah. What are you um what are you taking with you on your sheep hunt for basics? I'm I I I feel as though this is a preemptive lead into future episodes. But what's a, uh, since we're on topic 13 already, um, what's your, what's your quick gear breakdown for your, your sheep scout, not your hunt, just your scout. Well, I got, uh, just my basic clothing that I run, just my Kuyu, uh, Talus pants with the guide jacket. Yeah. And then, uh, just keeping it light there. Uh, I got my sleeping bag, my minus 18 sleeping bag for the middle of summer. It's the only one I got. And uh, not quite at the point where I can go spend another $400 on a warmer weather sleeping bag. Yeah. I just got a quick, uh, quick little burner, single burner yep. that I need to upgrade because uh, it's not working very good the last time i used it what do you what are you taking for food i know i know lots of guys um buy the quick instant meals that you throw in the in the jet boil or the msr and have at it and boil your food away but there's there's the also the guys like adam foss is is a is a good example where he dehydrates all his own food he packages his food he weighs his food uh and that's what he takes with him so my wife and I have actually been looking into dehydrating our own meals for when I yep. go do that. But uh, we need to do a little bit more research and do a little test, few test runs and everything to get it down packed. But for the basics, I usually take a package, of, a package or two of oatmeal in the day yep. for the morning and then just some snacks like granola bars, bag of peanuts or something. For snacks in the afternoon, maybe take like a wrap with Nutella and bacon on it. <laughs> what? What? You got to try that, man. I'm not going to try that. It sounds horrible, but when you're up there, it tastes amazing. And then uh, I usually just have like a mountain house or peak refuel for supper. Okay. Yeah. And what do you, what do you pack? What's your pack weight when you're, when you're scouting? Way too much. <laughs> Way too much. Yeah. It's, uh, I've went, the first time I went, we went with a uh, 70-pound pack. Holy. Yeah. The next trip, I was down to 40 pounds. And that's for what, three days? Yeah, three days. And I still feel like I could shed another five pounds out of that. Yeah, it's probably all that heavy you. Ah, no. That stuff yeah. is actually all on my body when I go. Don't have all the extra stuff 
to go in the pack. Okay. Not yet, anyways. Yeah. I think it's all the uh, heavy jacket, the heavy jacket I have that I put in there for in case it gets cold. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing for water supply? Water supply. So I have a platypus that I use for like a gravity feed filter. Yeah. And then I can't remember the company name, but I noticed a 10 liter bladder for a camp. And where we are go where we're going just down in the valley about oh I want to say a kilometer down in the valley, there's a creek. So I've been thinking about getting the 10 liter to fill up to take up into camp. Oh, and then okay. that way that'll last that'll last us a, a few days. Yeah, yeah. Ten liters is a lot of water when you're sitting on a mill. Oh, exactly. And I've I've just heard so many horror stories of guys getting up into the mountains. And not having any water at all and yeah. running out of water. So I don't really want to run into that. Yeah. So I, I would definitely pack extra and even store it. If we don't plan on staying in that exact spot and going further up, if it's too much weight, just store it because you can always come back and hunt your way back. Right. But you're not going to have to go down into that Valley. I know, uh, I know one guy, he went, uh, he went sheep scouting this summer and turned around because he ran out of water and his water supply that he was banking on the Creek that was there had dried up because like our, our summer here in Alberta was absolutely hot, scorching, dry and windy. Oh, it was super dry. Dried up by mid July. The one spot where Brian and I go moose hunting, it's usually an absolute swamp in there. Yeah. And I could drive my quad all around in there and two will drive no issue. Really? There's hard there's hardly any water. Like do all the big holes that we would have to try and make trails around. Yeah. Two will drive all the way through and kicking up dust. Really? It was it was crazy. And you got a lot of muskeg up there too, right? Oh yeah. 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 But no, yeah. it'll be uh it'll be interesting. Like this is our first sheep hunt. Yeah, we know where to go up here. We've been close to that area for elk before, but we've never actually went as far as we need to for sheep. But uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's a long time coming. Yeah. um, (laughs) Was that a word that I just said? it's one of those things where you're almost better to take more your first trip up if you're in a, in a new spot and just in case shit goes south, right? Well, that, yes, I agree. And I have been in one of those situations where shit went south very quickly. Yeah. And that's what made really opened my eyes on. You need good gear. Yeah. hundred percent. You, you can't cheap out on that. That's that's your lifeline, pretty much. Yeah. And I know guys are going to disagree. They always will. But when you're in a life or death situation, and there's a simple thing as changing the gear that you wear, yeah. that can 
put it, that situation a lot better. Well, I'm sorry, but I'll I'll spend a few hundred dollars on a jacket or a pair of pants. Just well, and, and the biggest thing in what you're doing is boots, right? Oh yeah. I I know so many guys that have gone. Oh, I'm gonna go sheep hunting this year, and they come back two days in, and their feet are beat to shit, and they're they're bruised, they're cut up, they're blistered, and it's like, oh, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Oh, not not to say bad things, but the boots you buy at Canadian Tire, for example, and and not to, not the name brand, but they're not good boots. They're not oh, made for they're not made for hiking long distance. They're not made for high elevation 10 miles in two days kind of thing they're made for you know putzing around a grassy field oh and that's just it like i bought a pair of boots the one time thought they're going to be the greatest thing ever blew them out in 30 days moose hunt yeah, exactly. and i took them back and like they were blown to pieces like yeah. seams coming apart everything yeah. took them back and the guy at the counter looked at me and said, what did you do to these boots? Like, how old are they? I'm like, well, they're about 28 days old right now. Here's the receipt. And <laughs> he couldn't believe it. And yeah. he said, well, if you actually wore these that hard, pick a new pair of boots. We'll pay what you paid for these. And then uh, you pay the difference. Yeah. So then that, that was the first good pair of boots I got after that. And it's an eye-opener on how important your feet are when you're back in there. Yeah, exactly. And then even when those good boots that I had were starting to get wore out, you start noticing it. I went and bought another pair of boots right quick. And, like, when you start getting into the backcountry hunting, you need your feet. <laughs> I'll, I'll spend $400 every single year on boots just to save my feet because that's your way in and your way out yeah 100 100 percent. i went through uh what year was it 2020 i went through three pair of boots in a year and unfortunately all the same i wore through them or they they tore apart at the seams just cheap crappy you know boots and uh finally i ended up in in a pair of schnees schnees and I haven't looked back. Like they're not busted, they're not worn out, and I wore them every day hunting. I wore them around here, working in the bush. I wore them in town. I wore them hiking, you know, whatever for the whole year. And they don't look like they're a week old. Oh, exactly. It's they keep they look good even when they're old. Like I still have buddies that ask me, "Oh, how old are your boots?" Oh, they're three years going on three years now. Yeah, exactly. and they can't believe when I say that because they say, "Well, they look brand new." Yeah. Oh well, yeah, but that's what you get when you buy good quality. Like I think, and, and take care of them too. Well, exactly, and I think after this first scouting trip, I think I'm gonna have to buy a new pair. I think the soles are gonna go out on them. They're a little softer, to more for chasing elk, not sheep. Yeah. But uh, you can only work with the budget you got. So yeah, exactly. boots will come. Boots will come this summer. Boot, boots and a new sleeping bag. Yeah, the sleeping. I, I can. I know a guy. Yeah, 
I can I can sweat in my sleeping bag in plus thirty. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'll lay on top fun. of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, no gear is definitely a very important piece. Getting away from cotton, you got to get away from cotton. Cotton, cotton is a killer. Yes, I learned that the very hard way. Yeah, me too. I uh, remember sitting on the side of a mountain on my first bull elk, and I, I didn't think I was going to be going home after that trip. Yeah. And uh, luckily, I had a good friend there that uh, looked after me pretty good that night. Yeah. And here and I am today. You guys did a little bit of this. Uh, yeah, dude, it's good. A little, little bit of spoon. I saw it in a cartoon once. What happens in the elk woods stays in the elk woods. That's right. Silence is a virtue. Right? It's like Vegas. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, well I, I think that can, uh, we'll wrap that up for the night. But um, that's a very good topic, I think, for, for going forward is to have a gear breakdown and a gear chat. Yeah, I think we'll, next episode, maybe we'll go talk a little bit about gear and our experiences with what made us switch to using good gear. What yeah, because you're, your you're using one brand and you you know your pros and cons of your brand. I know my pros and cons of my brand, which is why I rolled my eyes when you started talking about yours, which is totally fine. I expect you to do the same. And, uh, I, you know, it, it comes down to everybody having their own opinion, right? Oh, exactly. And it's not anything against brands. It's more taking pokes at your buddies. But I mean, 100%. I would, if I found a jacket that of the brand that you wore, I would definitely buy it over what I wear if the price was right and it fit good. Well, and and that's that's it too price is a huge factor like the price oh, yeah. on, on, our, on our gear is not cheap and it's um for a good reason it's but an investment really you, you know at the same time i know guys that kill 160 180 inch deer every year they kill moose every year in walmart hunting gear and yep. maybe it's not the right gear for me because i don't stay warm i got awful circulation in my hands and my feet are the first to die but um there's guys that swear by the cheap stuff and it works. But if so, you, you look, go for it. That also goes down into what you're out there for. Yeah. Are you out there to just shoot the first moose you see because you're filling the freezer? Or yeah. are you out there because you want the experience, I guess you can call it, and you don't want to shoot the first moose. Maybe you want to wait and enjoy the hunt. And you don't care what the weather is going to be like. You just want to be out there. Yeah. Like, maybe you're that picky. Yeah. Like you're, you went out all November, didn't even have a buck tag in your pocket. And you just went out because you wanted to watch the deer. You wanted to rattle in, rattle in deer and take video and pictures of them. Yeah. I, just, I had a moose tag, but apparently they don't exist around here. So. Well, it's because you got to come up here. You got to bring those oh. horses up here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you up here at one yeah. point. Yeah, oh, I know you will. <laughs> okay, well, man. We'll uh, we'll leave, we'll leave it here, and we'll uh, we'll hit the floor running in 
in the next episode and see what happens. Definitely. Well, thanks right for now. listening again, guys, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks again for listening to the Antler Archives, brought to you by Cliff Creek Coffee, White Rock Performance Gear, Wapiti River Outdoors, and Monster Attraction Minerals.